Our first reading is kind of this uh, puzzling scene from the book of Nehemiah. Uh, and it, it, it takes place uh, after the Israelites have re- returned to Jerusalem from exile. The, the Israelites have been exiled by the Babylonians um, in the year about 588, 587 B.C. And uh, they had been taken away from their land. The Babylonians kind of came in and they're like, this looks nice. Why don't you come to our land and we'll make you our slaves and things. Captives. Captives is a better word, I think. And uh, they have to go, you know. And then finally, the kings of Babylon's like, okay, you can go back. But just so you know, we kind of destroyed your land, you know. And so they get back to Jerusalem. And like the temple's been destroyed, the city's been destroyed, and they just kind of feel lost, you know. Uh, God had told them, like, I will be your God and you will be my people. And now this has happened. They've been exiled, they've been brought back, but they don't really feel like they're home, you know. Have you ever felt like that, you know, where like, you're like, God, I, I thought we were doing, I thought we had a deal here, and seems like you just left. seems like you hung me out to dry. You know? And in come Ezra and Nehemiah. It's actually like really beautiful what happens. They find the book of the law and they gather all the people. And it says that they were there from daybreak until midday. Standing, it seems, in, in the ruins of the temple. The place that, that was meant to be their place of worship... It's rubble. But this is where they gather now uh, to hear the word of the law. And they stay all morning listening to this message. And he said, Do not be sad in this day, for rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. What's happened? The Israelites have had to recognize their own poverty. They've had to recognize that, like, we can't do this on our own. Like, we have to rely on the Word of God. That has to be our food now. That has to be what satisfies us. And it's a great leap of faith, isn't it? When it seems like everything's been stripped away and that God's kind of been quiet. But isn't that the beauty of Scripture? That we know that God doesn't actually go silent. Father Mike, who uh, gave our Newman night this week, said it so well when he said, like, um, he says, it's like Heraclitus says. Heraclitus, the ancient philosopher, said, you can't step in the same river twice. And he said it's the same thing with Scripture. That every time you approach Scripture, you're different, you know? That God continually speaks to you. That the Word of God isn't stagnant, but it's alive. And the Word of God always comes to meet us. Uh, to transform us, right? It's what our psalm response was today. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. And so we fast forward to the gospel. And what do we find? It's kind of like this awkward thing where we get the first four verses of the book, and then we skip like three chapters to chapter four. And it, But it's interesting, right, that we hear Luke saying, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. He's like, I discovered... The way. That's what they called Christianity in the beginning. The way, right? I discovered Christianity. I encountered the Lord Jesus, and now my life can't be the same. And he's like, so I'm going to address this book to you, Theophilus. Theophilus seems to have been a person 
Uh, but it's interesting, the name also means uh, lover of God. Or it could mean actually he who is loved by God. That that's who the word of scriptures, the, the words of scripture are intended for. Those who are loved by God, all of us, and those who love God. And so Jesus stands up in the synagogue and he, he reads this beautiful message from Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And then he says, this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. For the, for the people of Nazareth to hear this message, they would have understood that like their ancestors for so many years had been enslaved. They'd been kicked out of their land. They were slaves in Egypt. They'd turned away from God multiple times. And even, even in the present moment when Jesus is there, they're under the Roman occupation, you know? Jesus is tried by a Roman. It's crazy. And, and what does he say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. What he's saying is what, what John says at the beginning of his gospel. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God sends himself to transform all of creation, to transform all of humanity. And that includes us. Another thing that Father Mike said, which I uh, really loved on Thursday night, was he talked about the parable of uh, the unforgiving servant. You know, you know the um, unforgiving servant who had this great debt and his master forgave him, but then he goes to his fellow servant and starts choking him because he owes him a much smaller amount. And he's like, pay back what you owe, you know? And it's like, what is going on, you know? Um, and Father Mike said, this could be two things. One, that he didn't think the master actually meant what he said when he forgave him. Or two, he received the forgiveness but he didn't allow it to change him. You know? And that can kind of be our experience with the word. Like, do we allow it to change us? Do we take time to wrestle with the word of God? Say, Lord, what are you doing in my life? Lord, what do you want to happen here? The word of God is always alive. You know, that's what the Israelites relied on in this time of Nehemiah, that that would be their strength, that the word would sustain them. And even more so now, right? We have the scriptures, but we also have the sacraments. Like we come here principally for the Eucharist to receive the word made flesh. And maybe like a good thing to pray with after communion is, just giving the Lord permission to change us. Giving the Lord permission to transform us. Maybe we show him like, maybe we show him a, a bad habit that we have, that we haven't been able to kick. You know, maybe, maybe we're often short with people, impatient while driving. Just to say, Lord, it's not much, but this is where I want you to transform me. Lord, I believe that your word has power and that your sacraments have power. That I don't have to stay in this same cycle. You know? 
The Lord wants to transform us in his love. But he can lead us to the water, but he can't make us drink, right? The Lord's always going to give us freedom. And maybe it's just saying, Lord, you have permission to change me. Maybe it's small things. It's okay, right? That's what St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians. He says even the smallest parts are important, you know? And do you know why the smallest parts are important? Because, not because like God um, like loves them inordinately. No, God loves us all so much. But actually the small parts, what's different is uh, their capacity to receive love. And maybe, maybe that's something that we struggle with sometimes. But maybe again, it's just telling the Lord that. Lord, I want to know your love. Jesus, show me how much you love me. Lord, give me the capacity to receive your love. Curtis Martin, in uh, his book, Making Missionary Disciples, talks about the idea of um, what the church fathers talk about with this burning fire and steel rod. And he says, if you put a burning fire, or a, bur- a cold steel rod in a burning fire, and then you take it out and like set it on hay, the hay's going to catch on fire, right? And he says, um, the fire is God's love. And we're the steel rod. You know? Like, when we immerse ourselves in God's love, great things can happen. You know? The Lord can transform us. But maybe we, like, sometimes stay just, like, just far enough away from the fire that, like, we don't get burned, you know? Maybe it's asking for the grace to say, Lord, help me to stay in your love. One beautiful way that we can do that through Eucharistic adoration, which we have here every day of the week. And maybe you don't actually, like, aren't sure about committing to a, a half an hour. Maybe you're just saying, Lord, I'm going to give this a shot. Maybe you don't know what you'll do for half an hour, you know? It's like a staring contest, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, Lord, I'm here. You have permission. You have permission to transform me. So when we put ourselves in the right spot, we find that there is like great power in the Word of God, that there is great power in His sacrament, that we can be like the Israelites, how they were encouraged uh, by the prophets. Do not be sad in this day, for rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength.